Anyway, let's just let's do some Resident Evil. Hello and welcome to the Omcast. My name is Dom. That's one half of the Omcast and joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hello there. In this episode, we're talking about the new-ish reboot, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, starring Kayla Solerico, <laughs> Robbie ML, Hannah John Kamen, and Tom Hopper. Yes. Yeah. So this is a um this came out a little while ago um at cinemas and it d- didn't have a very long run. Um, but it's now just been released digitally, so you can get it on all the digital platforms like uh, Google and all that, and you can rent it. Um, so we yeah. thought we saw that come up, and we thought it would be a great opportunity to revisit it, something we didn't get a chance to cover last time. Um, you actually no, went to I went see, to see it, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so nothing was no. wild horses going to pull me away. Really? Okay, right. So th- this is going to be an interesting one here because um, we it's fair to say that we have slightly different um backgrounds when it comes to the the resident <laughs> evil franchise isn't it isn't yeah it? um so i hold my hands up i've literally never played a resident evil game in my life um i actually started playing the remake of the original a couple of days ago um like yesterday i think i launched it up um and i was playing a little bit earlier um just to give me some idea of what the fuck this movie was <laughs> um <laughs> oh yeah you're not getting it from no the no, first absolutely. hour or two no or... fuck no um and and I've watched a couple of the the Mila Jovovich movies, of which there are like what six. Yeah, um, right. but that that franchise very much has nothing to do with the games, as far as I can tell. It seems like it's, it's very, very tangentially related. Um, whereas, uh, yeah, this, there's a lot of like loose references. Yeah. Um, and we and we were intending to do a full on grand rewatch, so much so that I started that and I subjected myself to three of those. I think. Um, before I started getting a headache and a nosebleed and had to stop. Um, yeah. <laughs> you started but, literally breaking down as a human. It's yeah. like the scene from X-Men where that man turns into a puzzle. puzzle. Yes, it was exactly that, actually. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what was happening. I was like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I think you, you came around and I was well, I just put the fourth one on and you said, like, yeah. stop. Stop this. <laughs> it's not stop okay. Stop it. You're hurting yourself. So I did. Um, Everyone's worried about you. We're all worried about you. You haven't, you haven't left the house in three days. <laughs> you keep just saying Eve over again, over and over again. Alice, or whatever her name is. They, they, they just name? keep, Alice, yeah. But you keep just going. <laughs> there was a lot of that in those movies. <laughs> okay. Um, so when I said about watching, um, never watch The Matrix on head and listen to it on headphones. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of that in the, in the original Matrix as well, actually. Yeah, awful. Yeah. <laughs> awful. Um, Anyway, anyway, so they then decided, so they, they did that full run of the Mila Jovovich movies. They kept going despite the fact they would just seem to be complete trash um, and, sort of, and got more and more ridiculous, more and more CGI heavy. And as far as I can tell, took, went further and further away from the source material um, until you had like an army of Mila Jovovich clones fighting. And it was just like, there's a couple of characters who had the same names as the games. And apart from that, it pretty much had no resemblance whatsoever. Um, and that ran its course, and they finally did one called the final chapter about five, five, six years ago, something like that. Um, mm. And that was like very much right. This is it. It's over. And then there was rumblings about this reboot. Um, obviously, there's an element of the you know the cynical side of it, whereas they they have to make a movie within a certain time frame, otherwise they revert the rights revert back to Capcom. Um, so I'm sure that was a factor in it. 
Um, but what they've attempted to do with this, as far as I can tell, is to go back to the original games as in Resident Evil 1 and Resident Evil 2 and turn the story of those games into a movie. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Kind of-ish. So, I mean... Yeah. I mean, you, you have, yeah, you need to talk about this because... Like I said, I never played one of these, but you are a fan, aren't you? You did you play them back in yeah. the day, and you know all of these. Oh um, yeah, you've played every game. I, I take it. Yes. Um, just trying to think. I've played all except the, the most recent one's called Village, isn't it? That eight. yeah, got that. Completed it. Completed, um, it. Completed it, mate. Yeah, that one actually uh, gives us the origin of. Um, the whole of it of all of all of Resident Evil, there's an actual the very earliest origin comes out of Resident Evil seven, eight, eight, okay. eight is village, uh, seven was the one that was in like the south. So, yeah, well, I don't know where do you want to start really? Because I mean, let's probably what, not get what, too far ahead. What is this film, Tom? So what, what happened? Uh, just I is... I watched it, and as a as an outsider, it was just it was gibberish. I had no idea what the fuck was going okay. on. It was <laughs> there was just very thinly drawn characters, but like they all you know look or they act like, and they've got the names of like everyone has to say their full names. It's you know Jill yeah. Valentine and Claire Redfield, Chris Redfield, and, and Albert Wesker, and like Leon it, S Kennedy. Yeah, and it's all just references. It's like, oh my god, they said the thing, and oh she said something about a sandwich, or the, like, and that's like a big deal. But like as an outsider, I had absolutely no idea what the fuck was going on. Yeah. <laughs> so you know when you say about like this, it's one of those like it's for the fans. Yes. Yeah. So that this is kind of. This is exactly that, really. Yes. It's, but, uh, well, at the same time, it's not. Like, there are some things in it that so much, like, for the fans, that there are, like, really deep dive references in there. Um, To the first two games. Yeah. They, they've got the mansion, but then they don't really go into any detail about it. They've got, uh, you know, the raccoon, what's called the Raccoon City incident which is that night that they go through. And it all kind of fits in for the most part. Um, but yeah, I had a really good time with it. But you can tell that whoever made this really uh, like has a pretty good idea about what, they're, um, what they were doing. Yeah, I guess so. I and mean, I get that. I tell you what it is like. I'm watching it and it feels like a fan film. It feels yeah. like <laughs> yeah. in in the most basic because the other thing to mention about this is that it is a very very low budget. It's like a twenty million dollar movie. Um, yeah, and fuck like, me, uh... fuck me, does it show? Um, but like, it just means that like there are just weird like c- cut corners and stuff because it means like this this city that they create, even the, the city itself, Raccoon City, is meant to be like this weird like it's almost like a derelict town. Where the corporation, Umbrella Corp, who like is is a um, industrial town where everyone's employed by the same company, and then they, yeah. that company leaves, and so it's just this ghost town that's left over. 
and it's, it feels like this like small sort of midwestern American town in the middle of nowhere. And yet there's like these huge institutions, like there's a massive orphanage with a huge iron <laughs> gate, and there's a massive like police station that's been like made out of marble. And, like, and it's like, I get that you've just recreated it because that's what it looks like in the games, but everything else around it doesn't fit that. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it looks those things look like they belong in a major city. And yet, yeah, and Raccoon City it, is actually is a major city. Yeah. I thought it was not like, like, it like I, a, I always thought it a was like big, a, yeah. I mean it's 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 kind of like a midwestern city. So it's like yeah. one of those cities that's like maybe like less than a million. Yeah. So like, like a small city. But this just feels it's so small because like they don't populate anything, they just don't show anything. Like you you basically just get this core group of the of actors and characters in the middle of it all. Um and then they just you get like little things like when the townspeople are like freaking out, they just keep going, keep going back to these shots of all these people like banging themselves up against a fence. Saying, yeah, that let me in, and that's it. But you don't see them like the 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 implication is that they've all been poisoned over years and years and years. And now they're all turning into zombies. But you don't see yeah. any of that happen. You don't see <laughs> really like, see that. No, but you, it's only through people saying it. Is like all this whole movie is tell don't show. There's so yeah. much where they just tell you about shit, and even like the character relationships and stuff is all just told to you. You don't see any of it. It's just like hmm. just a bit of a shambles, really. It's just that there are so many different characters as well. You got Claire Redfield, played by um, Kayla. So I can't remember. I can't remember how to do her surname. No idea. Scalero, um, something like that. But yeah, for, uh, Effie from Skins. Um, right, uh, Tom Hopper who plays um, Wesker, Wesker. Um, Robbie Amell as um, the as brother as Chris, Chris Redfield, Redfield. Um, Hannah John Kay. I like, and it's not a coincidence that a lot of these core actors are British, because you know what they, what they always say about British actors in American films, cheap, cheap. <laughs> They'll work for cheap. <laughs> so of course, the, the, a lot of the core actors are young American uh, British actors, up and coming. You don't have yeah. done many movies, mostly known for TV. Um, like Hannah John Cayman might be the most recognizable just because she's been in a, in a Marvel movie now, but even that yeah. was a lesser Marvel movie. It's Ant Man and the Wasp, she played the Ghost. Um, so there won't be massively like it's not like she's a mainline yeah, hero, she's been like a one and done villain. Tom Hopper again is well known because of um, Umbrella Academy. Um, but yeah. like, yeah, it's just there's no major stars in it. Um, and whoa, 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 whoa. Neil McDonough. Oh yeah, and Neil McDonough. <laughs> My favorite bit is there's the bit where they just they show her like a um a photo of him and Chris. Um and they're meant to be like oh, he's, oh it's father and son. And clearly it's just a picture of Neil McDonough from a red carpet from like 10 years ago that they've just yeah. photoshopped into a picture of Bobby O'Mel <laughs> really badly. It's like they cut it out of a magazine and stuck it in there. Like and like they got the intern to do it like five minutes before they shot it. It's it looks everything's Chris so- taking some scissors. So, get cracking kid this is an important shot it's going to be in the movie. so cheap and it's just like oh, I just wish they'd yeah I wish they'd focused on like the, the action elements are just sort of a bit of a letdown there are a couple of moments like there's there's a moment with uh, I think it's called liquor isn't it yeah that's pretty cool um, but even that gets marred down by then what, what's the name of the Lisa Trevor is it Lisa Trevor yeah Lisa Trevor that's a character you got to know about. And then there's the twins, the weird 
Mardi twins, whatever they're called. Yeah, the Ashford twins. The Ashford twins, like everything's a reference. And if you, you don't know a cool thing about the twins, because oh. it's never going to come out in a movie, what? they are clones. Right, of course they are. Okay. Uh, just, Alexander yeah. Ashford, who's okay. their father, who is the third person uh, who is responsible for Umbrella being formed. Okay. So basically, the plot of the film... <laughs> zombie outbreak. Um, in there's a zombie outbreak in a small town in yeah. America. I mean, we're all fairly, you know, I'm pretty sure if you listen to this podcast, you have an inkling about what Resident Evil is, yeah. zombies and stuff. Um, but yeah, this kind of attempts to tell the story, which is told in one and two, and it kind of hybridizes it, but it doesn't do a very good job of either. No. Now, I really enjoyed it because I had a good time seeing something that I played in the mid slash late 90s. I think it was 96, the first one came out, maybe. Yeah. And then the second came out in 98, because that's when this is set. This is set in 1998. Yeah. Um, and essentially, uh, the Special Tactics and Rescue Squad stars are sent to investigate an incident at the... Um, uh, oh, I've forgotten his name now. Uh, a, a mansion just outside of Raccoon City where things are going a bit fucky. Again, so they go it out seems a bit and then... Odd. Yeah, it seems a bit odd that there is a special tactics and rescue team in this bumfuck town. Yeah. Like, they've barely got a But it also, force, like... But, like, the people that they do have are, like, these badass ex- ex-military, like... <laughs> yeah. So, like, the, the, the amount of retconning and sort of backwards lore that you get in the Resident Evil games is... Fucking mind blowing. Yeah. So, so much so there is no uh, one called Resident Evil Zero where it's literally just a complete prequel. Yes. So, Zero is so at the start of one, mm. so stars, the special tactics and rescue, yeah, um, are sent to uh, this mansion because shit's going on and they need to, they're being sent to investigate and the get shot down i think they get shot down you know you've just played the start of the game uh i um, get shot down i think they, they they set down because they find they find another helicopter that's crashed and they go to investigate that's it yeah so they go and investigate that and then loads of shit starts happening now there's a medic who was sent who was on the previous helicopter and she is i think she's the lone survivor or ends up being the lone survivor anyway she goes off to investigate things that are going on, curious incidents in the night. And then she discovers like this second part of the uh, this mansion, which has a train which is leaving. So she gets on it and uncovers the mystery of what's happening at like part of what's happening at the Arclay, uh, the, in the Arclay Mountains at the, um, at the mansion. And that's happening at the same time as Chris, uh, Wesker, uh, Jill Valentine, Brad, and uh, I've forgotten the other guy's name, are like investigating what's happening in the mansion. Yeah. So that's all going on at the same time. And then shortly after that, they find that there's... Do we go into spoilers? We can get into spoilers, I think. Yeah. Um... Yeah, yeah, I liked it, but not in good way. 
No, it's and just, yeah, like it. it was all over the place. I just feel like they forgot that in making a fan movie and doing something for the fans, they just forgot to make a movie. Yeah. And that's something that I wanted to talk about here because this is one of the main things that I always sort of rally against is when everyone says, yeah, but it's for the fans. And I'm like, yes, but make a coherent yeah, I, film. I sort of, sort of because, I, because we are, you and I are genre fans and there are a lot of these movies where we've seen them and like things, you know, you could argue things like, you know, Ghostbusters Afterlife was for the fans or, yeah. you know, a lot of the later Marvel movies now are getting to a point where they're, you know, they're so deep in the law we've got 27 movies in that it just is incomprehensible to someone who doesn't know what's going on um yeah. and i feel like i was like through the looking glass on this one because i had no idea i was like I, I understand what it must feel like for someone who just walked into endgame having never seen anything before yeah i feel like i've, I've had that experience now in watching this because it just it none of it means anything to me like it's, like, it's not and what's what i'm left with is like the bare skeleton of a movie with nothing, no yeah. substance to it. And I just feel like they, if they just picked a character to be the point of view character all the way through, I think that it could have worked, maybe. Um, if you just start yeah. all the way through with Claire or Leon even, I think Leon could have been great because the, obviously I understand that Leon has been changed massively from the games, isn't he? But the idea yeah. in, in this, he is like the rookie. who's like, what the fuck is going on? Constantly. Yeah, so he's he's yeah. he does he is a little bit like that in it, but he's uh played for a lot of comic relief in this. Yeah, but whereas he's, just, he's he, very very serious. He's the closest. Game. Yeah, he's the closest to being an audience surrogate in this one because he's just like everyone else. Sort of just talk like even like the chief who's quite funny. I can't remember the name of the actor now. Um, Harvey Bullock, who as as we were watching, it was like, oh, I need to see this guy play Harvey Bullock, and you were like, he is, he does. I'm like, oh yeah, um, <laughs> Gotham in Gotham, that TV show that ran for like five years. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so he's quite, he's quite funny in it as well. He's good. But like him and like Claire, they all seem to have like this shorthand where it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this government, there's this organization and they poisoned everybody. And now everyone's turning into zombies. And Leon's just <laughs> like the new kid. And he's like, what would, what, what, what rewind, say all that again. What the fuck? And like, it would have been good if like they sort of doubled down on that and had him be, us for all, for all intents and purposes or have him yeah. being, you know the equivalent because <clears throat> the rest of the characters talk <clears throat> like they're people like yourself who are completely over we know exactly who the umbrella corporation is we know what the t-virus is we know what's going to happen we know we know what the raccoon city is we know all of that and they can just get on with it and there needs to be one person in there who doesn't know any of that <laughs> and needs a little bit of hand holding to explain what the fuck is going on <laughs> Yeah, um, but they didn't bother really with that. They just sort of no, he was there. Didn't. He was a bit of comic relief, and f- fuck you, it's Resident Evil. Yeah, shut up. You got your movie. Yeah, shut up. Let's, yeah, let's it's, it's yeah. Um, so yeah, um, bit of a bit of a mess, but um, I, I mean, I had fun with it. Um, yeah, there's a lot. Fun, there is a lot of fun to have with it. I had fun laughing at it. Like some of the really, there's some properly clunky dialogue and stuff in this. Yeah, um, and I think, and again, that's something that I want to get into because, um, yeah, Resident Evil is well known for having like really lumpy dialogue. Yeah, and I think that there's something to be said because I did I rewatched it actually in the, in the interview, and I think you're right. There is something to be said for the idea that like it's intentionally like that. 
um, because it's paying homage. But then there's some things that just don't translate on screen. Like I think what, some of the opening scenes where you get um, Claire hitching a ride um, with the with the truck driver, and he just oh the exposition driver, he just exposits all this drives stuff. exposition right into your face yeah. in an eighteen wheeler. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. So so just like, and then even like I think the worst one I think because we can talk spoilers now. Um, I think some of the worst stuff is when it's like, um, what's the uh, Br- uh, Bricker? Br- yeah. What's his name? What's his, Neil Madonna's character? What's his name? Turns to oh, um, um, Birkin. Dr. Birkin. William, Birkin, that's it. Yeah. William Birkin. William Birkin, yeah. So, like, his whole exposition stuff's like, they have this whole setup in the, in the middle of it where it's like, oh, he's like a father to Chris. And like raised him and put him through the academy and all that shit. And we were communicated that by Chris just telling us and this poorly photoshopped photo of the two of them um, on his shelf. And then when they it. meet, it's like the first time they've ever met. That's the only time they interact in the entire movie. And then he starts going, Chris, my boy, I can't believe it. I was like, and then you know, I'm, that was like two hours ago. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what? what? It what wasn't two hours ago because that film is an hour and 40 minutes. It feels like two hours ago. Um, but you're also doing it whilst he's just deciding to do like Neil Madonna's just chewing scenery whilst he's turning into this weird monster thing, and he's also yeah. trying to convey what is meant to be like the emotional bit or the through line. And it's just like, but you guys have not spent any time on screen together at all. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> and it all just falls flat. Um, yeah, and then the other one is the the Wesker storyline, which doesn't really work either. Um, yeah, now that's so. Wesker's got a really cool storyline. Well, it's fucking silly, but uh, everything's and you know what? Fuck it. No, it is really cool because everything's fucking silly. Peter Parker got bitten by a radioactive spider and is now amazing. You know, like that's silly, yeah. but it's still cool. No, like Wesker's story is basically like um, uh, Umbrella is this like super secret shadowy organization that's been sort of like working behind the scenes, building like. Uh, bioorganic weapons, weapons of mass destruction and all sorts of stuff like that for years and years and years. And um, Wesker is part of this unit of Weskers. Right. So there's all these kids that have been taken from like super, uh, like super smart parents. Okay. So like they keep track on all these like, uh, like the best people. So, and where if these people like have kids or that like umbrella will try and engineer these people to meet so they can have kids and then they uh take the kids away from them or they pretend that like the oh, the child didn't make it and like childbirth and stuff and then they're taken away and they are put into what's called like the weskers okay so there's like lots of weskers around the world um but he doesn't learn that for a while but he's been Working, so he works for uh, um, Umbrella, and he thinks that he's well. He knows that he's doing the dodging and stuff. So he goes in and does that, but then they don't do that in this. They just like he is a bad guy, um, but he's a sympathetic bad guy because he's played by Tom, whatever his name is. I guess so. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think what they were trying to do was have it be like some big betrayal. And like he turns on his team, and like again, having just recently done the Matrix, 
is like that what they wanted to have was have like cipher cipher basically yeah. that's that's your template of like someone from within the team who betrays the rest of the team because he's doing it he's in it for himself but yeah. that it all just falls flat it's just this weird sort of like vague argument he has with Jill and he says oh it's just money and she goes what you were going to leave us here and I was like I don't understand what he could have taken you with them he doesn't know anything. He he's just he walks down a corridor to get some get some vials and then get out of there I don't know how I understand how that's betraying them. I don't like the, the betrayal didn't make any sense. Like, what was what's betrayal yeah. about that? I don't get it. It's just because like, <clears throat> he literally like leaves them for like he takes them to the mansion. Yeah, to basically use them as protection. Yeah, but like, he that's... knows that something's going on. Yeah, and that's what it is in the game. Basically, like he lures them to their deaths and just uses them as like bodies and to help them meet his end game, like yeah. what he wants to. But they don't get into that here. No, they don't. I see you. You've told me that now. I did not know that. I did not get that from watching the movie at all. They all just went in there. They're all on a mission together. He had a side mission, and there's nothing to yeah. tell me that he couldn't have done his side mission and got out with them all together, and they all lived happily ever after. Like he could yeah, have exactly. gone in, got the vials, and then left with them all together on the helicopter, and then everyone's fine. So I don't understand the the betrayal element. Just did like fell flat completely. It's like, yeah, like it should have been like it's a real cliche trope, isn't it? But you could just do a thing where it's you know, he th- he's with Jill and he like he throws her to the wolves or whatever, or closes a door behind him so that she yeah. has she gets eaten by a bunch of zombies and he get and then you get like a really cool action sequence where Jill just kicks a shitload of ass and just manages to v- survive against all the odds and like he assumed yeah. she was left for dead, but because she's Jill Jill's like. They do kind of, but they just keep highlighting it. They keep saying and not doing. They keep no. like, Jill, well, I, what is it with you and these guns? Like, I know from and- like anecdotally that Jill Valentine's meant to be a badass, but they don't show. I don't can't see that from this movie. She's nothing. Mm. She's like a nothing character. And I'm not saying that in disservice to Hannah John Gaiman is fine. I'm sure she's got it in there to be a great action star if she wanted to be. Um, well, she, you can see that in Amman. Yeah, absolutely. But for some reason, they just don't give her anything to do in this. And the same with like uh, Kelly Serico or whatever. She's like, she has a couple of moments where she shoots a shotgun or gets on a motorbike. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. Like the characters in Resident Evil, like two and one especially, are they are like very one dimensional characters. And it's like a heavily, it's like a serious case of like heavy nostalgia when you look at these games because. Essentially, like Leon is not related, the not related version of the strongman character to Clem. So you're like, oh, is there some sexual tension here? Is there something yeah. here that could be happening? Because they're essentially the same person. They're just gruff men that are really good at shooting guns. Yeah, I get it. That's why they had to change Leon up a bit. Because if you had him be like that as well, then it would literally just be a film full of those guys who are pretty much just the exact same character. Yeah, to the point that when they did a sequel to, so there's, (laughs) again, this is where you start to get like the more sort of like complicated things here. So there's a sequel to Resident Evil 2, Mm. which isn't Resident Evil 3. So the Resident Resident Evil 3 is a sidequel, which is happening exactly the same time as all the stuff that's happening in Resident Evil 2. Right. So it's, well... It is and it isn't because the stuff that happens in Resident Evil 2 that you need like the same keys to the same doors. Right. That you do in two, but then you find them 
in different places in three than you do in two. And some that are like left behind in two, you find in three and blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah. And then, but then there's Code Veronica and they introduce another character who looks a lot like Leon, but is younger and is a bit more charismatic um, because obviously just having Leon just be essentially slightly smaller Chris because Chris is hench in the game. It's like this giant, huge man of muscle. But yeah, so much going on with this film. Yeah, but also just, they not need to, at the same time. Yeah, it's they just need to focus it up. And I, I think the, the frustrating thing for me, like I say, is just, I wish they just like right they pair back on the because the zombie effects and stuff like are very sparse and few and far between. Like there aren't that many zombies in this, it feels yeah. like for a zombie movie. Um, and then they get all the ridiculous CGI stuff at the end. I'm just like, save some of your budget because the other I'm gonna compare it to, and I always do, John Wick had a comparable budget this right yeah about 20 million yeah. i'm like can you imagine if you just spent the money doing a proper choreographed like there's this sequence in the middle of this movie where it's chris and he's like cornered by a bunch of zombies and it's like they do this weird thing with the lighting where it's like strobed and the, it's the muzzle flash from the gun is the only thing that's lighting the room and you see him go from his um like mp5 down to his sidearm down to his knife and it's like that yeah. is quite a cool idea but like you could have done like a continuous shot like one shot, like survival horror. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like all and it wouldn't have been that hard for it to be done as a one No, and it's not, and it's not even because of the ability to be able to sort of cut that in and out with darkness. Yeah, that's the thing you should be investing your time and your money and your energy into, I feel like, rather than trying to have this too many different characters and, and none of them develop properly and all the rest, all the other shit you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Just have like that and then plus something like that similar with Jill. Where it is just like a yeah, her trapped in a in a house trying to yeah, and like running out of bullets, all that kind of yeah, survival horror, which is what now, the whole game is meant to be. Go out on a limb here and say something that we've very very rarely said before on this show. That uh, this should have been a TV show. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, I know, and it is going to be by the sound of it. Um, so. Yeah, there is also... What I want is this. I want Hannah John Kamen. I want Robbie Amell. I want... uh, Yeah, like, I want Tom What's-His-Face. I want all of these people to be doing this show. But what I want to do is I want to see the first episode where they're all together. And then episode by episode, you see, like, like, almost like like House on Haunted Hill, where each episode is like... There is, like, a through line... But you actually get to see everybody's like story throughout. Yeah, it makes total sense. And, and like, it's not a coincidence. That, yeah, Netflix are currently working on just that. Um, and by the sound of it, it's going to be an adaptation of the, of the original games. I can't remember all the casting, but I know that I think it's Lance Rendick is playing Wesker, which is an odd choice. Um, That's a very odd choice. But I don't know whether it's he's playing Albert Wesker or just a Wesker now. Now I'm a little bit, I don't know. Um, but my understanding is that yeah, they are doing a, a adaptation similar to this, and the you know the the pilot episode is called Welcome to Raccoon City, um, yeah. and that's what they're going to do. So you're right; it might get to a point where when that does come out, we go, "This is what it always should have been." Um, yeah. But then knowing Netflix, we'll get really into it. They'll do three seasons and they'll cancel it because it will get too expensive because they're a bunch of bastards. Um, but. 
Yeah, who knows? Uh, like I say, it, they it, could. They could. There's a lot that they can do. Like four, Resident Evil Four in particular, is one that is like a particular favorite. It's, people are saying it's like it's like a game of the generation. It's one of those ones where people like it redefined video games for people in certain ways, and people are like a little bit obsessed with it. And it is a great game. Um. But that could work easily on its own as a, as a series. It'd be like as like I don't know, like season. Yeah, you, can you do know, it. you have season one be episode, but season one be Resident Evil one, season two, and then you can do um, the side story of Zero alongside that because that's actually some really interesting stuff about like uh, that they come back to in like they come back to in five, but it's also in Zero. So there's a lot of like secular. Um, sort of references within all of it, yeah. And it it could be really it could does have the potential to be amazing because some of the stuff that you can see like start in one and you're like oh where does that come from yeah and then you realise it pays off and then there's like a character you'll meet in one hmm. who isn't in it for very long is in it for like an episode or two can actually come back in five. Yeah, flashbacks like, of like of season yeah. five sort of thing because of uh the way that the games are structured as well yeah and i get that you know it is you know a massive expansive universe and there are already like there are animated films that netflix are producing as well um i don't yeah. know if you've ever seen any of them um uh, i've seen one or two yeah um and it, it, there's so much lore and backstory for every character and every there every is. little reference and so it definitely lends itself to something that could be explored in a, a decent budget uh, TV show and you could even as you said do it in a kind of anthology style where you can switch protagonists from season to season and then have everything mm. tie up and come together at the end sort of you can go right and you save money on actors that way as well don't you you go right well we've got our, our Wesker and our um, our you know, Redfield siblings are, are going to be in seasons one and two and then now we're going to switch out and have a season focused on Leon and bring back yeah. the Redfields when they're ready in you know in a season's time or whatever. And that way that's a way of keeping costs down because you know actors get expensive the longer you have them in place for. Um and yeah, I, it makes sense. I I think that maybe you'll get there. I think this is just a weird this feels like another weird sort of holdover um holding pattern because even the way it ends is just like it's sort of not done yet. Like when it got it gets to the it got to the end, I remember you and I were watching, I was like, oh, was that it? <laughs> Yeah. It's like an hour and forty, and it feels like just, like they're only just starting to do something. Um, yeah, and the, that's the thing. Like the stuff that you see in in two uh, in the game is fucking is massive. Yeah. It's like there's these cheap, like giant underground facilities that have been built like under the city, and like yeah. it's not the case that like the reason that people are disappearing and dying in the town isn't because of like a like. It, like fuel leak it's because this facility is being built under the city which is connected to the mansion so yeah there's yeah. fucking loads of zombies they've actually they've see, managed to find their way down these halls and so what you're describing there it sounds you know there, there's a lot of stuff there that ended up in that original movie the original me the joe yeah. movie has got yeah. that where they're they're you know the, the mansion was just a, a facade at the, at the top and it was a, an entrance way into this giant like maze like um lab under underneath the city um so yeah like, yeah 
But again, they don't really hint it. They just like there's a point where he, he gets down a tunnel and there's there's a, there's a train. Um, like Neil McDonough is meant to be like kind of a protagonist uh, antagonist and then just disappears for like an hour of the movie. Yeah, he's in it. He talks about we, I was doing God's work. Uh, what? What? <laughs> yeah. like, he, never, he doesn't get a villain monologue apart from when he's transforming and talking about Chris, my boy. And it's like, what the fuck? Is, what, what is going on? Like, so yeah, he's a set, yeah, he just turns up and shoots scenery and then fucks yeah. off for a bit, and then literally disappears to a point where you forget all about him. And then yeah, Wesker turns up and there's this bloke and his family, and he's you know I I can't let you destroy my life's work. I'm like, well, what is it you were hoping to achieve? I was like, <laughs> I, like I need like if, if there was ever a need for a villain to monologue, it was here. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it would fit this tone of movie. It's set in 1998. It's all very cheesy. Let him fucking monologue so I can understand at least what the fuck he's on about. And then yeah. just got, no, we don't have time for that. We've got we've got five other characters we need to wrap up. Like, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like in the game, like Wesker and uh, William Birkin know each other really well. Yeah, because they're like the two proteges of. Um, uh, I can't remember his name now. The the main bad guy, uh, like one of the founders of Umbrella. Yeah, and they're like his sort of like, well, I could say yeah, proteges. Yeah, it just yeah, it's weird. And they got this like horrible rivalry going on. So like, anytime they can like snipe one another or get one over on one another. Well, that would be interesting if they did if they'd done that. Like, yeah. Just pick one. Just like, yeah, it means you have to eject. It's like, if it means you got to get rid of Leon, sorry, you got to get rid of Leon. So you can actually use a bit more screen time to develop this and just like, or just even just let the film be two hours so you can actually have a bit of meat to it rather than just rush through it as quickly yeah. as you can to try and save money. Um, yeah. And that's, and like, I think that's the thing. Like it suffers for its budget. Oh yeah, big time. But again, I can't help but make that comparison to John Wick. I'm like, you can make a stylish, good-looking, like exciting to watch action movie for the same budget. It can be done. Um, and I know yeah. there are differences. Obviously, this got requires a lot more CGI and that kind of stuff. But John Wick has, you know, car chases and just and like destruction of, you know, look at the the um, the nightclub scene in John Wick. That is an expensive scene. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Just the set, yeah, exactly. the, the amount of extras, the stunt um, guys you need to get involved, all that stuff. And it's like, yeah, there's a re- there's 25 minutes. And not only that, it stars Keanu Reeves, who is a much bigger actor than anybody in this movie. Yeah. Um, and yet, that, that's what they made. And it worked, went so well that it spawned a franchise and become a cult classic. And that's what you could have done. And it's, it's not difficult to make a zombie movie. It's, you know, zombies are not difficult to do these days. They really aren't. It's a, ma- it's no. a makeup job. Um, but then that's like, again, they, they, they didn't do zombies here, they've done really? like these weird, like infected, milky sort of milky, yeah. sort of, but then that's the, those are the ones in the city. But then the people in the in the mansion are infected. I don't know, like, like again, said, the, they didn't explain it. The city ones just make no sense, and just they're, they're just stupid, shit. They're just like I'm sure it's a reference, but like the bit where the, the truck driver just like blows up the truck right in front of the police station. Leon doesn't realize because he's got his headphones on. Um, and then he, the guy walks in on fire whilst like some like needle drop nineties um, music is playing. And it wasn't until the chief shoots him that Leon then wakes up and realizes that any of it has happened. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's like, that's iconic. Like there are so many moments in this movie where I'm like, it's not, 
I'm sure. Well, is it, is it not? No. Nothing like that ever happened. So the truck driver thing does happen. Basically, um, uh, Leon and Claire both turn up in Raccoon City on the same night. Right. Um, and as they are there, like they've pulled up outside the police station. There's like fire going on and like, they're like, oh, what's happening here? Why is everyone, people are bitey and stuff. And um, and that's when the lorry comes like plowing in. Yeah. And it just, it, uh, it literally comes out of nowhere and you see that the guys, you see that the driver's like infected and then he smashes into the car that they were in and smashes the car into the front gates of the police station so they can't get in. Right. But being is that the, the car, they were on either side, one was in the passenger seat, one was in the driver's seat, they're now stuck. They're separated. Because in two, you play as, you start playing as one, and then you get a certain period throughout the game, and you meet another person. Right. And then so you'll get like, uh, you know, like an hour or so into the game, and you meet, and then you have something happens to Leon, then you take control of Claire. Okay. And then you get a bit further on, something happens to Claire, and you take take over as Leon. So you get these parallel stories. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, and, and then, I, and I like, can see there's a similar thing in, in one. I, yeah, when I opened and started the game, I had the choice I could play as Chris or Jill. Um, yeah, and I'm assuming that it's a similar thing where they go, you know, their stories like splinter off but go run in parallel to one another. Um, yeah, and I just, then yeah, I just, I, just was, remember, I just remember another one where it was like, I don't understand what the point of putting that in was, just, other than just waste screen time. But the conspiracy theory guy, oh, yeah, he's in uh, the game. Okay, there you go. Then he's in the game. Brilliant. <laughs> so he's been, uh, yeah. So the chief put him in there because um, Umbrella basically contacted the police chief and was like, "Get rid of this guy. Put him in. Put him in jail." Yeah. And then he's like well, the the person that's trying to like expose Umbrella, and it's his notes that get sort of released to the at the end, which is what causes. Um. Like you talk, you're talking about the game there, right? Because that didn't happen yeah. in, the, in the movie. Nothing happens. Like no. he's he, in the movie, he's a complete waste of screen time. It's, it, there's nothing. There's no reason for him. It's like Claire shows us this video of him saying she's trying to make contact. Doesn't mention him again until she sees him, and he has, I think, one of the dumbest deaths in a horror film I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, he just, he's, bad. he's ridiculously like because they're like he keeps banging on about how long this. I was like, come on, hurry up, hurry up! I'm not taking any chances anymore. Also, he's got these weird like giant veneers. I don't know what the, what they're trying to do. Um, no idea. And he's he manages to steal Chris uh, Leon's gun off him, and is holding it at him. He knows full well that there's a guy in the cell with him. He's explaining what the T virus is and how it works, and he knows there's someone in there with him who's <laughs> infected by it. And he can hear them making noises and getting up and getting towards him. And then they have this long overdrawn thing about like, oh, come on, hurry up, man, hurry up. And like Leon's like giving him sass back, going, you know what? Just give me a second. And I'm like, are you guys trying to be funny? What the fuck is this? And meanwhile, he's just ignoring this thing that is literally a foot away from his face and is about to just fucking eat him. And then they wait until the door opens and then he eats it. And it's like, what was the point of that? What was the point of that fucking scene? Like, if you, if you were going to kill the character, why let him die in the dumbest way? If he acts like he's he knows more than everyone else, he's got a gun, he's got absolutely every opportunity to save himself, and yet doesn't, and then dies. What was the point? 
<laughs> fucking waste of time. It pissed me off. <laughs> oh, anyway. And what's annoying is that, like, his... So his part of the game yeah. is, like, he's essentially, like, an NPC that you meet. Yeah. And he's got a key card that helps. And he's like, uh, yeah, I'm not coming out of this cell. Like, this is where I'm safe. And they're like, no, no, no. And he's like, no, I've got a key card. Like, I've got the security bars. He's like, if you can guarantee you can get me out. I know all those doors are locked down. So I'm not coming out. And he was like, if you can guarantee my safety that I can get out, then yeah. But until you can prove that, and you have to go and do a bunch of stuff like puzzles to open doors and like power puzzles. And oh, no, you need to correct a battery from this part of the building to go to the next part. It's, it's all very Resident Evil survival horror. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's just, and um, and then just as you, <laughs> and then that's one thing that's not in these games at all is the um, the tyrants. Huh? So tyrants are like um, what are called BOW, so bioorganic weapons. Okay, and they are like weapons of mass destruction that our Umbrella have made using these viruses. So like the G and the T virus and the progenitor virus all these different viruses that they've made that um, all come up in the different games in different ways. But that's basically what Umbrella do is they make biological weapons and yeah. uh, they're like make weapons, but they pretend that they do it under like the cover of like making pharmaceuticals as well. Yeah. But um, again, yeah, they don't. No, it's just really like, yeah, they don't, don't they? I'd say it's all just, fan service look at this look at this um and it's just like and but then like yeah and then there's mixed in with these really stupid because the other one that i just remembered as well because the, the, that one really wound me up and the other one that was really stupid was with um chris and his lighter which i now understand oh, yeah. having started to play the game that that is an, an item that he always has equipped and it's a bit of a, it's a thing he's like chris has a lighter like i get it but there's this yeah. moment in the in the film where there's a zombie crawling towards him and the only source of light is his lighter. And so he just, he lights it and he sees it coming crawling towards him. And then he lights it again and it's a little bit closer. And then he lights it again and he's literally laying on the ground waiting for the zombie to slowly crawl towards him and keeps relighting the lighter, not moving, not getting out of the way, but keep lighting the lighter so we can see it. I'm like, again, I get that that's probably an iconic moment in the game, isn't it? That's probably a thing, no? No, right. Well, what the fuck? What's the point of it then? It's just fucking stupid. It's stupid characters doing stupid things for no good reason. Yeah, that's that's again like one of the problems that I've got with this. Yeah, is that there are just so many stupid decisions that just don't add up, and you're just yeah. like, and then and between them, it's just it's like I say it's references that um, I get that are like there's a nostalgic element and like it, it's fun to people who know them, but for people who don't, it's just not. I think the other one is right at the very end is that um, shot of the cow. <laughs> oh yeah as the bottom's like it's the most random fucking shot it's a completely different color palette to the rest whole rest of the movie like suddenly that i'm like there's a green field i'm like is this the same place where are we yeah what's going on why is there a that cow a and the cow just like lifts off the ground and there's this giant like implosion because the idea is that they've like rigged a nuke underneath the town to blow up and take the whole town with it or something and it's just like well it's to take out the uh the umbrella facilities yeah yeah no, yeah okay but just like that, I'll get that. Like, if I'd known, that would have been a cool little reference. If you don't, it's just the most random fucking shot that makes, like, it just comes out of nowhere. Doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, that is like lifted from the game, if yeah. I remember rightly. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, interesting. I'm like, I'm sure I'm, I'm glad that you have fun with it. And I'm, I'm sure that the other fans of the franchise will have a lot of fun with this because it is ticking all those boxes and showing you all that stuff that you, people have been clamoring for the, in a movie as well for a long time. Um, yeah. Because of the Mila Joe of its movies and how they went and how, you know, they were in no way paying homage. This go, this almost course corrects too far the other direction. Um, where well, that's, all, yeah, because that's the thing. To, like you say, like, it kind of like the first one and the second one kind of do a bit of Resident Evil, and then yeah, it's at least they're set in Raccoon City, and there's a bit of yeah, but like it's just the, like her as a character, or a lot of the lot of the characters just are completely you know different yeah, or, or made up. Like the we- like Weskers are in the game in the films, but they're all different in every film. There's a different Wesker. There's one where like Leon and Chris are in it, and like. Chris is played by Wentworth Miller. Oh, is he? Yeah. And Chris and, and like Ali Larter plays Claire Redfield. Yeah. But she doesn't turn up to the third one. Yeah. So like she's not even in Raccoon at any point. I, I don't know. It's very, that's about, it, it remixes it so much that it's close to being unrecognisable. Um, so I get yeah. that what they've done now with this one, with Welcome to Raccoon City, is make it as close as they possibly can and literally lifted shots direct like the, the first reveal of a zombie is something that's happened in yeah. the game i've even seen that now and it's literally shot for shot exactly like it looks and the same with like the recreations of the of the places but it just feels like i wish they they'd done something a bit more crazy with it because uh, you know like the, the reveal of the mansion for example was just like it's so obviously just a bunch of actors stood in front of a green screen <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. There are so many green screen moments in this as well, where it's just like, like there's the other one where it's like where they're stood in front of the helicopter, they're just blown up. It's like there's no fire. You're nowhere near any of this. <laughs> like, you're like, oh, you saved my life. I'm like, what? From what? From what? Oh, yeah, you're literally stood you in a, a blank. You're in a blank room right now, and someone's just put like put a black. And it doesn't even look like a good backdrop. It's not like a, a realistic. It's not like they're using the um, the volume for the Mandalorian or anything mm. like that. It's just literally like someone's painted. <laughs> a map background and it's not even a particularly good looking one and animated no, a couple start of fun. my first my first it's like when you buy a yeah uh like a chroma key green screen off of amazon yeah. it's, it's a fucking it's a snapchat filter. um, <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah it's, it's a shame um but you know interesting interesting experiment i'll be interested to see what happens next with this franchise um i think maybe before the next version of it on netflix i'm going to try and get a couple of these games under my belt so at least i have some idea what's going on um yeah but I'd hopefully, recommend it. hopefully they'll do a better job of the you know with a tv show they'll do a better job of actually establishing who some of these people are um for people who haven't you know because they should work on their own as characters in a tv show or a movie without having been in previous media um you shouldn't have to have all that required reading before you go into it really um no and it's really cool because, of like, obviously, as the games have gone on, like, things have developed and characters have developed and more stuff has happened. Mm. But it's, um, yeah, it's like a real shame to see how poorly some things are sort of treated. Yeah. And the, the, uh, the difficulty of what they sort of get from it. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, anyway, we'll see. 
Yeah, we'll get there. They'll get there eventually. I think the characters and the material deserve a bit better. I had, I did have fun with this, but at the set, there's not, that's not a recommendation really. Like, no, it's like there's like my still... brother is is as big a fan, if not bigger fan, of Resident Evil than I am. Yeah, and uh, I told him don't do it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because he's a huge film fan. And he's also a huge Resident Evil fan. And I'm like, I don't want this to like fuck that up for you. Yeah. Because it will. So like some people are going to really fucking hate this. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. um, So this is our first new episode of the year. Um, Sorry to start on a slight downer, um, but we've got plenty uh, of bits and pieces coming up. It's a bit of an odd one. Um, I was looking ahead of the year, this year, and there's a lot of stuff coming up and there's potentially a lot of like opportunities for some really cool like grand rewatches and stuff like that. Um, but it being the times that we're in, it's hard to plan things, not knowing when things might move. Um, we've obviously got some, yeah. we've got some release dates and things coming up. It's like, you know, the Batman is coming out potentially beginning of March, which is very exciting, but I'm just, I'm a little hesitant because I feel like it might get pushed, um, but we'll see. Um, and what that means is that we're going to allow us to do stuff like a Batman Grand Rewatch, which would be great to get into that. Um, yeah, so we can do that. There's um, what else? There was other bits and pieces that I saw that we could do uh, Grand re- Rewatches of. We can do Mission Impossible because that's going to be coming out later in the year. Um, really? Yeah, Mission Impossible Seven. Who's in that one then? Huh? Oh, obviously Tom Cruise, but um, I don't know if there's a big like. I don't know. I think, oh, um, like Carrie Elwes and uh, Hayley Atwell. Oh, cool. Yeah, they've been filming it for ages because again, it got shut. The famously got shut. Oh down God, yeah, that's he, the he one kicked where off. He's yeah, telling the people off. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, but I feel I think they're filming seven and eight back to back or something crazy. Uh, right. So yeah, there's that. Um, Jurassic World is coming out. The, the third yeah. one of them, which means we could do a Jurassic Park rewatch. Yes, please. Um, so yeah, there's loads of massive franchises that we have the opportunity to go back and do. Um, and we're looking forward to getting into them this year. Um, we just got to, you know, play it safe a little bit in terms of committing to, because I've done it, I've been burned before with these grand rewatches where I've started it and then the movie gets delayed. I just want to make sure that maybe we'll start recording them and just get them in the bank and um, and put them out when the movie's actually close to coming out. Um, yeah. But in the meantime, I think the next thing we're going to potentially tackle, uh, and don't hold us to this, um, but we're going to go from Resident Evil to something incredibly highbrow and talk about Shakespeare. And talk about Macbeth. Yeah, fuck. So it's complete switch um, because there's this new version of Macbeth that's coming out on Apple TV, and it's literally out this week. Um, so on Friday, I believe, it's going to be out um, on streaming, um, starring um, Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand, um, and it's the tragedy of Macbeth, directed by Joe Cohen, and it looks amazing. It's like it's all in four by three. It's all black and white. It could not be further away from Resident <laughs> Evil Welcome <laughs> to Raccoon City so I think it's quite a good it'll be quite a good one for us to cover um, yeah and we have said that we're going to try and watch some other versions of Macbeth um, because obviously this is a, a very famous uh, play that's been done put to screen several times um, to Never various ever. levels of success um, they call it the Scottish play um, but yeah we're going to see if we can do that don't we can't promise anything um, but we'll <laughs> I'm just throwing things right. time. When am I going to watch? Because every version of my best is probably at least four hours long, isn't it? <laughs> so when yeah, the they're all going to be like really 
ponderous. Yeah, and they're not they're not something you can just shove on with the background. You kind of need to watch them. Um, so yeah, that might be something we can get into. Um, and then after that, there's all kinds of stuff um, that we can do um, that is going to be coming out later in the year. Um, so yeah, if you've got anything that you want us to cover or you feel we should get into, let us know. Um, if you had a completely different opinion of um, Resident Evil, let us know on that. Um, yeah, like I say, we, we had a bit of a uh, different perspective on that, didn't we? But um, I think we were <laughs> one we, way we, to put it. I but think uh, we both agreed the that, thing is, but we were pretty civil about it, and I think we agreed yeah. that it was guff. But yeah, oh, actually, yeah, no, I've just looked at what I was thinking actually. So, um, so we've got the Tragedy of Macbeth, then we've also got um, the new Guillermo del Toro movie, Nightmare Alley. Yeah, when is that out? 21st of Jan. Nice. So that could be the following week. And then, and I don't, we might have to take this off air. But on the 4th of February, there's a film called Moonfall. (laughs) So what I would suggest in that interim week between Nightmare Alley and Moonfall, could we do some sort of Roland Emmerich grand rewatch? Oh, with the likes of The Day After Tomorrow, 2012, um, just all the disaster mm. movies. Because I know I know for a fact that your girlfriend is very much a fan of those. Yeah, she is. Uh, that, that weekend of our birthday, that could be quite a fun one to do. <laughs> that, might be, that might be a good shout, actually. Yeah. We'll take that off air. We'll take that off air. But that's that's an idea. Um, and then following that, we can potentially get into our Batman rewatching to fe- in February, leading up to the Batman in at the beginning of March. Um, yeah. I'm, like I say, with that one, I'm a little bit hesitant just in case I feel like it might get pushed. Um, but you never know. I mean, when, when yeah. Spider Man's making a billion in the box office, I think they'll probably go. You know, public health be damned. We're putting this fucking movie out. <laughs> yeah, there's no way that they can. Well, it's HBO Max. So I don't know what they're going to fucking do. No, well, I think they've said already with that it's going to be April. It will be on HBO Max. It will be a pretty quick turnaround. Um, but it will still be cinemas um, unless they push it. And yeah, it'll end up being in June. And then I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but either either way, we can get into Batman. I think we can talk about the Burtons. We can talk about the Schumachers and we can talk about the Nolans. Um, it'll be an interesting. <laughs> that That is a very big... Like a very wide swathe of directors, isn't it? Oh yeah, big time. Um, and it, yeah, it's good. It'll be good to go back to the Keaton ones as well because obviously later in the year we'll be seeing Michael Keaton repli- reprise the role. Um, he's going to be playing yeah, Batman yeah. for the foreseeable yeah. by the sound of it. Um, so yeah, cool. Anyway, right, we've rambled on long enough. Thank you for listening, guys, um, and we'll see you on whatever the next one is. Probably the Shakespeare thing, maybe. Shakespeare's Shakespeare's in Shakespeareans, yeah. yeah. Many Shakespeare's. Yes. He's actually Shakespeare. He was a favourite pirate. Was he? Yes. Did he um like uh decaf uh skinny soil lattes? Is is Shakespeare? No, he worked in the communal there. workspace. Um, I do. I don't know if you've ever been to one of them. Um. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next uh-huh. week. Son of a bitch. Uh, you son of a bitch. I'm in.